the city of the 80s. You know what I mean? So I try to, I tell people, if you ever watch New Jack City, mm. like I watched New Jack City so many times. And so I watched it so much that it's certain details that I noticed in the movie. And one of the things that I remember noticing when I was a kid was when um, Ice-T was chasing this guy and he ran through a um, playground and it was all these little caps on the ground. And um, and it was just the drugs. And I remember my my um, elementary school, it was the same way. You would see all these little drug caps on the ground. Wow. So watching New Jack City is kind of like identifying kind of how Philly was. We went from watching regular working people work every single day and have productive lives and be great parents to being drug addicts on the street and having nothing. Mm. So we like literally, I watched that happen to people and it was crazy to know that I watched it and it happened in my own family too. I was pretty much a product of situations like that. So. The joy of children laughing It is true, the making of you. What's up, good people? Good morning, good afternoon, good evening. It's your host, Mr. D713 with Everything Culture. And we're back with another Making of You. And tonight, this morning, this afternoon, whenever you're listening, we have Wolf with us tonight. What's happening, Wolf? How you doing? Hey. <laughs> Man, thank you I'm for excited. joining us. I'm excited. You're excited. We're excited. I'm nervous too. Oh, don't be nervous now. Don't be nervous. I know. Now. I know. Like, All right, go ahead. <laughs> like, hey, um, Wolf is a big noise talker on TikTok. I would say that. Hey, and we appreciate it. We could get to know her a little bit better. You know how we do on this. This is a deep dive on her. We're going to learn a little bit more her background, her upbringing, childhood, her points of view on life. And then she's going to join us again in the future for another episode. But not going to hold y'all any longer. Let's get to the makings of Wolf. Wolf, first question. Who are you? Okay, that's a that's a it's so it's so simple, but it's so hard. (laughs) Who am I? I am a very loyal person. I am a very passionate person. I am probably one of the most. um, I'm very empathetic. I am um, outgoing. I'm a mom. I'm a sailor. <laughs> but, um, well, I don't want to say I'm a sailor. That's what I do. And I'm early. <laughs> no, but yeah, who I am, I, I'm a just an all-around good person. I'm one of the, probably the, the how would you say, like, a, a loyal person that you would have in your life. You know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm dependable, which sometimes can be a bad thing, but um, yeah, that's who I am. Love it, love it. How would you describe your culture? Well, I would say in, I say in the past couple of years, I kind of realized that I didn't have much culture far as like outside of the Black American experience. You know what I mean? 
We do kind of discount that. So I would say my culture is basically the Black American culture. I'm from Philly, so I wouldn't say it's the Southern culture, but um, the Black American Black American culture. I have a little bit of like Caribbean culture because my dad is um, Jamaican, but um, but it's a lot of his culture I didn't get because you know for some reason a lot of people who came from the islands back in the day they didn't instill it much in their kids because they was trying to get away from it. Mm. so yeah thank you for sharing thank you for sharing how would you describe yourself in like what way like in reference to what like if someone have never seen you met you <laughs> if like somebody if I had to tell someone about wolf how would you describe yourself how would you want me to describe you I'm gonna have to switch that question around Oh, okay. So how would I want somebody to describe me? I don't want people to describe me. Mm. I don't because everybody's experience with somebody is their own. So I, I don't want anybody to describe me to anybody. Okay. okay. Like, oh, she's nice. She's a nice girl. She's funny. No, but just let your experience with me be my be your own, you know. Love it. Love it. Love it. What do you identify as? You mean um my background, like black or something open-ended however you want to oh identify. oh um oh i identify as a woman i'm a female <laughs> a woman but uh i am um i'm african-american black however you want to say i don't really have no um, offense to that a lot of people are trying to veer off from african-american i don't have a problem with it <clears throat> okay thank you thank you thank you where are you from I'm from Philadelphia, Pennsylvania. I know you say what well, I heard you mention it a second ago. Just had to make sure that if that's what you represent, still. Yeah, okay. I'm from Philly. I left Philly at 17 to go to college, and then um, I went back, and then I left again at 21. But I'm from Philly. Okay. Once again, these open-ended questions. If you ever feel mm-hmm. like you want to skip a question, you're fine. I'm from the South, so I always say this question I struggle with because this is against my culture and my morals, but I have to ask because I have it down oh, here. I don't mind at all. How old are you? I'm 40. 40, okay. I boy. just turned 40 in December. Yeah. Oh, what's up? I just got into the 40 club. Um, is it Capricorn? Well, I am like on the cusp of Capricorn and Sagittarius. Dang. But I have characteristics of both, but I am more of a Sagittarius, to be honest. Okay, okay. I should have known that. Should have known that. Yeah. All right. How would you define your childhood and upbringing? My childhood and upbringing, it was, um, it was complicated. Mm-hmm. It was extremely complicated. It was, um, <clears throat> it was, it was talk, to- it was a toxic environment because of what we was able to be around. Mm-hmm. Um, remember I'm 40, so I grew up and I seen a lot from the city of the eighties, you know what I mean? So I try to, I tell people, if you ever watch New Jack City, mm. like I watched New Jack City so many times. And so I watched it so much that it's certain details that I noticed in the movie. And one of the things that I remember noticing when I was a kid was when um, Ice-T was chasing this guy and he ran through a um, playground and it was all these little caps on the ground. And um, and it was just the drugs. And I remember my, my um, elementary school, it was the same way. You would see all these little drug caps on the ground. Wow. So, Watching New Jack City is kind of like identifying kind of how Philly was. We went from watching regular working people work every single day 
and have productive lives and be great parents to being drug addicts on the street and having nothing. Mm. So we like literally, I watched that happen to people and it was crazy to know that I watched it and it happened in my own family too. I was pretty much a product of situations like that. So yeah, it was, it was very complicated. <clears throat> Thank you for sharing. So coming up, what were the roles of your parents in the household? They didn't have any because they weren't there. Mm. So my actual birth parents was not in my household. So my dad came back in my household. Well, he didn't come in my household, but my dad came back in my life when I was 11, about 11 or 12. Um, my mom gave me away when I was three months old to my godmother. Mm. And so my actual parents did not have a place in my household. How, what about your caregivers? <clears throat> my caregivers, my I was raised by my grandma. Because everybody else was caught up in the streets. Everybody else was on drugs. Wow. Down to, like, my teenage sister. Wow. And, and, that, and that's the next question I actually have. Do you have any siblings? So, my biological siblings, um, I never met my biological siblings through my mom or my dad. <clears throat> so my dad's children were left in Jamaica and he never really went back. He would go back, but he wouldn't take me. Um, so I only talked to him on the phone. I never met my, my actual siblings through my mother from like never seen, them. never, ever seen them in my life. I've seen pictures. I've seen like two pictures of my siblings, but I've never seen them. So the people that I grew up around that I call my siblings, um, <clears throat> I was pretty, they were so much older than me. They kind of like had like an auntie, auntie, uncle roles in my life at first. And then that completely switched over when I became a teenager. And it was like, I was the more mature one. I was the, I became like the big sibling, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? And so and that's how it is to this day. So I still have one left, which is my sister. And it's <laughs> if you already know Drake or you already been on Drake's TikTok or his lives or his Sunday Zooms, which will be once a month now. <laughs> Did you know? Now you know. <laughs> you know whose voice this is. It's Shan from She Gets It Pod. So while you're listening to Everything Culture with an A, not an I. Check out She Gets It Pod, all right? I know, I'm the one with the little boo me on there. That's me, all right? New season, new season 22, giving y'all encouragement, motivation, and a real insight in the things that I think about on a daily, but I'm saying them out loud to y'all. So check me out on She Gets It Pod on your favorite podcast app, and also... Find me and the rest of my podcast on shambypodden.com. Now, I hope you're enjoying this show with everything culture. Hey, Drake. I'll let you have your mic back now. Bye. Like, I'm the mature one. I'm the one who got to figure things out, you know. So it, it, the roles were switched. She literally went from being my mom to my child. Mm. Wow. Oh, wow. Um, the... Where do you usually, like, out of all your siblings, where do you fall in the lineage? Like, because you, you're not the oldest. Oh, I was the youngest. Youngest? Out yeah. Of all of, so, wow. Yeah, I was the baby, and that's what I'm saying. It switched when I became a teenager to me being the more mature one. And then when I got a little bit older, it went from my sister took care of me as a baby, okay? And then now I'm the one that she relies on the, you know, 
So she went from being my mom to being like the little sister with my kid in a way. Yeah. Um, so coming up in the household is in child in your childhood, um, did you have any chores at home? Absolutely. <laughs> Half the time it didn't get done unless we did it. Mm. Like what was a chore that you tried to shy away from? What was the chore that you didn't mind stepping up to? I didn't mind stepping up to help my grandma cook. <clears throat> I um, was shy away from a lot of them because if remember, I lived in grandma house. So that means everybody came through. So that means that I was cleaning up after everybody. Consistently. So, mm-hmm. so now, you know what? I will, I'm backtrack just a little bit. So I didn't have any siblings that I would say I grew up with as siblings, but my nieces and nephews were so close to me in my age that we grew up as sisters and brothers. Yeah. But they never introduced me as anything past their aunt. You get what I'm saying? So they will always introduce me as aunt. They don't call me aunt. But if you was to ask them who I am, oh, that's my aunt Aisha. You know what I mean? So because um, <clears throat> my sister had a baby when she was like 16. So my niece is two years younger than me. And then I have another niece that's like four years younger. You know, so um, we grew up in the house. It was four of us. And we were like siblings. But my role to them was really the big sister, you know what I mean? So, um, yeah, but technically they weren't my siblings, but they were the closest thing to siblings I had. Hey, I got something like that, so I absolutely understand. Yeah. You know, we kind of... Like fun. I said, it is complicated. <laughs> we get that, we get that, you could. So, it is so complicated. <laughs> if the chores were not done, if you didn't meet your quota and get it done, how are you disciplined and redirected as a child? Oh, I didn't really get in trouble for chores, to be honest. We got in trouble for other stuff, but I really didn't get in trouble for chores. Um, but let's say I would have, you know, um, if I could remember anything of maybe my grandma telling me to do something and I didn't do it. She would yell at us, but it wouldn't it wouldn't go too deep where, you know, we got like real bad beatings over chores. Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> How so far, how do you feel about your education in life? Um, I'm I'm actually satisfied with my education and I um I'm still growing and I'm still learning, you know. So it's ongoing. It's ongoing because my education is outside of the actual um school realm. Mm-hmm. You know, so you got the education of life <laughs> that got me so far. Um, you got my education in the military, which, you know, opened my eyes up to a whole world, a whole different, um, all, so many different cultures and stuff like that. So I'm there. I'm educated on a lot of different cultures that I wouldn't have came across if I would have stayed in Philly. Um, <clears throat> I have, you know, certificates and stuff like that, degrees and stuff. But okay. What were and what are your beliefs? Re- like religion, be- religion beliefs or just belief in, ge- just okay. belief in general? Okay. So generally, I believe that um, when it comes to people, I just believe that you ju- you're just supposed to be good to people. Mm. You get what I mean? Um, just be a good person. Be a good human. I believe that. Now, religion, um, I follow Christianity um, to an extent, but um, it's other it's other religions that I can identify, that I can say I identify with because 
I like the way they do things. Mm-hmm. So, cause I feel like it'll fit my life, you know? So, um, in the way I want things to be later, but, um, yeah, overall, I just want people to be just good people in general. I don't, I don't believe that you should treat somebody the way you want to be treated. I don't believe in that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Okay. Well, y'all, y'all are listening to the makings of Wolf with everything culture. Y'all make sure to tune in, get you something to sip on, whether that be water, coffee, or a little something different. Um, and we're going into our next question. So, Wolf, who has been the biggest influence on your life? My biggest influence, my dad. Well, I love it. My dad. My dad would be, I would say it was the biggest influence because of the fact that with, you know, God funny, you know, so I ended up going into a male dominated world. Mm-hmm. And so um, my relationship with my heaven, my only parent that I had was my dad. You know, like I said, he came back around when I was like 11 or 12. Yeah. So having your main influence being males. So it was my dad. And then I had my brothers because um, I had a brother that was a little bit closer in age to me. You know, so we kind of socialized a little bit more. And um, well, two of them, two of them. And so understanding men a little bit better helped me throughout my career. You know, um, so I would say my biggest influence was my was my dad because i i'm i literally still teach people lessons that my dad taught me because a lot of people didn't have fathers so i noticed that a lot of times i say stuff and i'm like you know my dad said my i remember my dad telling me this and telling me that because they never learned these lessons i i remember even one time having to tie a guy's tie on the ship because he never learned how to tie a tie oh real so, yeah, I would say my biggest influence was my dad because it really helped me maneuver through life. And, um, yeah, as a person, I would say my dad. Shout out to Pops. Uh, I didn't learn how to tie a tie until I was 19, I believe. Mm-hmm. Oh, very important. So, thank you. Um, if you could recommend a book, a movie, and a television series, what would you recommend? Okay. So it depends on what genre you need because, um, okay. So for books, I'm going to always go to self-help. Okay. Okay. Self-help. Um, and I would say it's a book and it depends on who you're talking about. Okay. So once again, this is the making. Okay. So I'm going to tell you the reasons why I recommend these books. All right. So I'm sure so many, so, so, so many others. But Deepak Chopra, I freaking love Deepak Chopra. I follow him on LinkedIn. He has helped me become a better person on some real stuff. Um, And probably because of his beliefs, um, you know, his beliefs are kind of like, relax, chill out. It's not that serious. You know what I'm saying? So I kind of adopted some of those ways. So he has a book on, let me look at it. Can't remember the exact name of it because it's two two um, areas of the book. Mm-hmm. Well, um, another book I would recommend from recently mm-hmm. is um, Will. I love Will Smith's book. I love Will Smith's book. It's so many lessons in there, 
especially because I will always go back to um, the absence of fathers. And it was so many things he learned from his dad that if a lot of a lot of men read those books, they could learn a lot of stuff and they could make their lives a whole lot um, easier. Okay. okay. Hold on. Um, I'll tell you. No problem. No problem. Tupac Chopra, Will Smith. Don't forget you got your movie and series too. I know. Um, the a movie. Mm. Okay, so the spe- seven spiritual laws for parents. If you're a parent, I would say you know look at look at that book. Um. Another book is um, The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. So if you're in a career, um, if you're like in corporate America, I would say that one and um, How to Make Friends and Influence People because they will help you understand your upper leadership in, in the corporate world. Because a lot of people, a lot of games get played with them. But what they don't realize is that all these leaders read the same thing and they all work in pretty much on the, on the same curriculum. So if you can understand how they think, it'll help people move a whole lot better in the in their careers, you know? So, um, but when it comes to books, I would just say like anything self-help by like Deepak Chopra. Like I, I love Deepak Chopra. Um, and for as a TV series, um, I like so many. <laughs> I like so many. I would say, like, think about I like maybe I can go back to it. Okay, we can come back to that. Saying what you got movie in mind? A movie? To that too? No. Well, yeah, I can because I like I like a lot of movies, but it depends on what type of movie you're looking for. I'm talking about this is the makings of Wolf. I mean, like if you leaving something. Oh, my go-to movies will always be rom-com, rom- romantic movies. Because okay. I'm a hopeless romantic, so it'll always be romantic movies. You, okay, okay. Let me fix my mm-hmm. face. All right. I know, uh, right? <laughs> I'm, I am an onion, man. I am an onion. All right, well, let's keep peeling. Let's keep peeling. If you can call three people, whether that you know them, that you never met them before, if they are here on this earth or not of this earth any longer, who would you call? If I can call three people. Um, I would most definitely call my dad. Um, I wonder what I'm calling these people for. Whatever. It's just a call. You got a free conversation. Whatever you want to talk to them, ask them, and they'll respond to you. And, you know. Okay. Okay. That's what we say in my culture. We go chop it up, you know. All right. So I'm gonna call my dad. Um, somebody like a Steve Jobs. <laughs> okay. So we got your father, Steve Jobs. You know, okay. I'm with you. Okay, I'm somebody with you know, somebody established. You know, okay. I'll get back to you. 
Okay, okay. okay. We're we gonna come back with a few. I ain't gonna forget right. about it. Let you know. Okay, that. I will. I should write it down. I should. No, I got. I got you. Okay. Trust me. All right. Um, what has been an impactful moment in your life? An impactful moment. Okay, so I remember when I left, when I was leaving, when I had to leave college, right? Mm-hmm. And I called my dad and I told him I was going to have to leave. He was like, you know, like why, you know? And he was, and I told him, okay, the cost of the school. And he was like, um, well, how much, you know, how much more do we? gotta pay or whatever. And I said, Dad, don't worry about it because what I don't want you to do is killing yourself trying to pay for this. I said, and then honestly, I don't even really know if I really want to be here anymore. So two days later, my dad, I was I, I was in Philly. My dad lives in Philly. I was in school in North Carolina. My dad was there to pick pack up my school, pack up my room and took me back home. The reason why that impacted me so much was because of the fact that I later realized when I got older, you know, I was like, my dad was an hourly wage worker. And he, and it didn't impact me at the time. It it, it did later on. Yeah. My dad was an hourly rate wage worker. Pretty much a day later, he got up and he drove his behind nine hours to come and pick me up to bring me home. And, you know, and my dad dropped me off at school and everything like that. And so what it told, you know, what it, what it showed me was, and something I always knew is that he just didn't make excuses. It wasn't like, I can't get off work, da, da, da. you know. So what it did was it made me look at the way I dated. And, and it made me understand, like, when a man wants something, when he got it, when he wants to make something happen, he's going to make it happen. You know what I mean? And so I just always look at that situation like my dad made no excuses. He didn't give me no nothing that I got to come home. He just made it happen. And so it kind of gives it gave me a sternness throughout my life in relationship. And I try to tell people the same thing. And, you know, I tell guys this. I tell girls this. um, When a man want to do something, he just going to do it. It's not going to be a no excuses. So my dad was a no excuse type of man. So um, that impacted me a whole lot because when I, when I meet people that want to make certain types of excuses, I'm like, nah, if you wanted to do it, you wanted to do it. So I, was, I would look at that situation like, yeah, you know, that, that kind of carried me. You know, it's one of the things that I, um, that I hold on to and it helps me weed out certain people relationships mm-hmm. absolutely understand all right thank you if you had a theme song what would it be <laughs> it would probably be gospel it would be something gospel okay um and i think one of my favorite songs is um yolanda adams be blessed because I just want great things to so make for everybody all the time. So I just want everybody to be blessed. So I would say that would be my theme song. Like if, if you know, I just want everybody to be successful. I want everybody to be happy, stimulated. You know what I mean? So I just want people to be blessed across the board. So I would say if I came through and people heard something 
and and I left and they still heard it, I want them to know to be blessed. So I would say be blessed. That's like one of my favorite songs from Yolanda Adams. Okay, yeah, and, and you you hey, what does it say? Um, you know, you know the assignment. I am think what it say. It's like you you did it. It's like when your theme song is like when you walk around, other people just yeah. hear that song play when you come into a room and think, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. love it, love it. Okay. How do you define joy? Um, joy is overwhelming. Joy is overwhelming. Like joy can be like, it could be so overwhelming that it look like sadness. You know what I'm saying? You know what I mean? So like, I would say like, okay, when I had my son, that was a joy. You know what I'm saying? It was, but it, of course it looked like a sadness. It looked like exhaustion, of course. <laughs> but but it was a joyous moment. Um, a joyous moment when, you know, I, you know, graduated or um, from different things. Do you know what I'm saying? And my family showed up or, um, Oh, and I was just talking to my aunt about this. Uh, my uncle, okay, he was the oldest person in my family. He passed away at 98. And this was a couple of years ago. But for some reason, I don't know how, but I was kind of always in communication with my uncle. You ever had one of those family members that that come around every once in a while? You know yep. what I'm saying? Yes. But yeah, and so my uncle was that guy. So he used to go fishing all the time and he would bring my grandma fish. Okay, I hope it's not too long-winded. But anyway, so my this Uncle J.E. the makings of wool. <laughs> so my Uncle J.E., um, when I realized that my uncle's um, house was near my high school, I used to go in and check on him because they was older, him and his um, his uh, wife. They were older. So I would go past sometimes and check on him or whatever. And when I would come to Philly and stuff, I would go and, you know, check on him every once in a while and take him, make sure I sent him pictures of me and my, my son and everything. And for some reason, I don't know why, but something God put on my spirit one time and was like, throw him a birthday party. Oh, I don't know why I wanted to throw him a birthday party, but I did. And so I was in Virginia and I just organized everything from Virginia and um, got my friend. She made like cute little cakes. She made him like a, a fishing um, cake or whatever. Um, and I bought everything. Like I asked nobody for no help. Like I organized everything myself from Virginia and, um, and had all my family there. And my family normally don't really, everybody don't get together the way we did except for like funerals and stuff. But it was so many, it was so many generations room that time for my uncle for a celebration. It was a joy. Even a, it's a joy to even look at the pictures of it because for one, nobody in my family has even pictures with my uncle except on his birthday, his birthday party. Wow. And the thing about it is everybody was like, y'all not going to get him out the house. He's not leaving the house. He's never, he, he don't leave. And I just had a confidence like he'll leave for me. And he did. And he gave me a little pushback, but he left for me. And so it was such a joy because now I look at those pictures like nobody ever had pictures with Uncle Jay. He was the oldest member of our family. He was always so distant. But I threw him that birthday party. And do you know, he said it was the only birthday party he ever had in his life. I was about to say that. I 
I was that's how I was bleeding. I said that's probably the most amount of someone through a celebration just for him. Yes, because his kids were gone. You know what I mean? So and then, you know, he was older. Nobody celebrated. They, they surely didn't celebrate men the way men are way more celebrated now than what they was back in the day. You know what I'm saying? There's so, no. Huh? Trust me, we had this conversation on the show. It's like, oh, for hey, real? Oh, okay. Oh my goodness. So, men are way more celebrated now. So, I know my uncle didn't get parties and stuff. Like, women throw big parties and give, give big gifts to their boyfriends and husbands and stuff now. They didn't do that back in the day because plus women ain't had no money. So, that was such a joyous time because I know nobody ever celebrated Uncle Jade. I got a question because my grandfather, like, I come from a family of J.E., J.D., J.C. Um, what did the oh. J.E. stand for? Um, James Earl. <laughs> okay, okay. So, so, so you want to know a funny thing about uh, initial names? Please, let us know. My son's father was an initial name. He okay. was from Georgia. His name was Letter J, Letter C. Mm-hmm. And so... When oh, and he's my age. He's not no old man. <laughs> so like, but did the JC stand for anything? <laughs> so, um, when when I got pregnant, and my my brother was like, "Oh, are you naming?" So everybody called my son Bob Jason. You naming the baby after Jason? I said, "Well, we you know made a decision that if it's a girl, he wanted me to name it for the boy. He named it." And my brother, and I was like, I hope he don't. Like, my brother said, well, that's a man. A man is always supposed to have the right to have a junior. Child. When I caught that man, I said, you you, you figured out a name for the baby yet? He said, and I'm calling him like. <laughs> <laughs> don't let it be lettuce. Please don't name my baby lettuce. <laughs> But, but the letters come from something, right? Yeah, exactly. Okay. But the birth certificate says... <laughs> it just, okay. See, like, my grandfather is just JD. Yeah. That's it. Nothing else. Mm-hmm. Like, his brothers, everyone else, they had, like, the initials, but they stood for something. Yeah. And nobody know what JD stand for. <laughs> my grand- grandfather been gone over 20 years, and it's like... It's the biggest JD. mystery in the family. <laughs> I, but I think it was just JD. I don't know if they... Like he was born in 1918. It was like one of them. So basically, your call would be to your great great grandmother. Like, what was JD? (laughs) I don't see. Oh, don't get me started on me because this is the making of the wolf. Don't get don't bring me into it right now because I. Oh, can we go back to who else I would call? Absolutely, let's pull it back. There you go. If I could call anybody, it would be my sister, my biological sister. The sister. Yeah, I don't know how did I forget that. I literally was about to hire a private investigator to find her. But yeah, it was my sister. Oh my good, love it. Thank you. So it's your father, Steve Jobs, and your sister. No, it's not Steve Jobs. I'm probably gonna come across somebody else. But okay, yeah. well we go throw Steve Jobs <laughs> in there. All right. Okay. So you got one more. I know. <laughs> okay. Sorry. We love it. We love it. We love it. Um, once again, y'all, this is the makings of Wolf with mm-hmm. Everything Culture Podcast. Um, y'all make sure to just tune in. You know, this we having a good ride right here and enjoying this. I'm glad I'm doing it. You know, I'm 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 finding out so much about you. Yo, <laughs> your TikTok really don't really present. No, no, that's just you a are onion. You are that is onion. the that is the small that's the side. Like I say, the funny side or whatever. I have some stuff, but the funny side. But that's how I am. I like to play all day. 
I see. But I, we, I laugh at stuff that is not supposed to be laughed at. <laughs> <laughs> but we appreciate it, though. So on to our next question. What privileges do you benefit from? I benefit from the privilege of being charismatic. Mm-hmm. So um, everybody ain't able. You know what I mean? So, <laughs> Let them know. So, but if, you know, when people talk about privileges now, they talk about, you know, race privileges and stuff like that, when being a woman or stuff like that. So I can say sometimes I can benefit from the privilege of being a woman if I know how to use it in the right way. So maybe it's manipulation. I don't know. But I would say it's a privilege because I was born a woman. So um, maybe maybe it's manipulating. But um, having a good personality is can get you far it can get you indoors that education um sometimes even certain relationships can't you know so mm-hmm. um having a good personality can can do that you're fine and what areas do you need to heal um do i need to heal um, it's okay so I don't want to sound perfect because I wasn't, but I've done a lot of work. I've done a lot of therapy. I've listened to a lot of inspirational people, but a lot of self-help type things. So mm-hmm. I, I don't, I don't need to heal from anything because I've forgiven myself for mistakes that I made already. Um, I have forgiven and I understood the decisions that my family made, you know, that maybe have been not made, not have the greatest. Um, so I don't need to heal from anything. I don't, I don't because, because of my understanding of people, once you understand people, it's certain, like you can't get hurt, damaged from certain things because you understand why it happened. You get what I'm saying? So it's like, um, look, you know, like I say, the more I understood people, I understood why my dad was the way he was. I understood why my mom did what she did i understood why you know what i'm saying so and i understood why you know even when it came to my parenting you know it's things that i'm not the happiest about of the way of what i did or how i handled things i understood why i did it and i fixed it so i don't have anything else to heal from because um once you once you get people and you understand people you um you, you kind of can't get hurt or damaged from certain things. Love it. And that's one of the reasons why we do the, every, or do the makings of you and everything culture. That you get the yeah. understanding of people. Now, you know, <laughs> you'd ask me just t- 10 years ago. <laughs> hey, it's gross. That's why we. Hey, I expect people to be coming. But I've done a lot of work. I have done a lot of work. Like, like intentional. Yes. Love yeah. it. Love it. Love it. When did you realize you were different? I mean, I was different in my in my household because I was the I wasn't related to everybody like bloodline, you know. So I always knew I was different there. Um, but I didn't realize how deep, you know. Like I guess. You could say DNA is like, I mean, you know, it's deep, but 
you know, people say, oh, people do things because it's the way what they saw or something like that. There was a lot of shit that I saw growing up that it just did. I just didn't become it. And I think it was because I wasn't, it wasn't in my DNA. You know what I mean? Like, it's that juggle between nature versus nurture. Yeah. So my, my natural way that I was because I had a different mother and dad and family. Like I never knew them, never learned nothing from them. But I had ways of my mom, even though my mom didn't raise me. You know what I'm saying? Now, I knew of my mom, you know what I'm saying? And stuff like that. But so we go into that later. But um, I always knew I was different in my household, even though I didn't want to be. I was, I grew up and had a dad going um, dysmorphia. I guess you could call it a dysmorphia of the way I looked because I didn't look like everybody else. Like, but I thought I was dark. And some people, I've seen something on TikTok and this girl was like, I am not light-skinned, I am dark-skinned. She was like my complexion. But she grew up in a household with all really pale people. So to her, she was grow, grew up with people saying she was the dark one. So to her, she was dark-skinned. But she was like my complexion. I know I'm not dark-skinned, but I know I ain't light-skinned. But because everybody else was dark-skinned, like when I tell you everybody in my house was like, was dark-skinned. When my grandma would call me red or something like that, I would get so offended. I would be so mad. And I thought she was being just so mean to me because I am not red. Um, I had red hair. but <laughs> I know. Exactly. Exactly. But I, listen, I had a li- no, I didn't no. realize it until I grew up that, I re- that it was something going on in my head that I thought I was dark-skinned. You may be putting yourself, you know we're going to have an episode about body dysmorphia in this upcoming season. Is that a body dysmorphia? Well, body dysmorphia, I think that would go in the same category. Body, it's like if you're thinking that you're you're overweight, but you're really, you know, 120 pounds and you're, you know, 5'9". Now, I experienced that before, but... But I think it goes into the same category. If you... It do? Oh, okay. Well, yeah, so... um, and, and, and that's something I'm learning, too. You know, this is something I'm still learning. Um, I didn't know much about body dysmorphia until, like, four years ago. Mm-hmm. But the experience thinking you something and other in what society believe you are, that's why it's going to be a series about the beauty standard. Because yeah. who... I did not know that in the Japanese... In, in Japan, that they have colorism. You know, I oh, have someone, yes. someone that is lighter than my palm, and she say she was dark-skinned. I'm like... yeah. Where? <laughs> like, yeah, when I was in Japan, I used to have a hard time. I used to have to make sure I really paid attention to the beauty products because they all had whitening in them. Mm, see, right there. Yeah, see, that they, these are things that it comes from conversations like these. So once yeah, again, so yeah, I knew I was different, very, really, really young, because no matter what people did in my house. I didn't agree with a lot of it. So I knew I was different because it didn't make sense to me. Um, and I knew I was different because I hated my hair because everybody had like like that nice 3C curly stuff. You wet it, it curl all up all cute. My hair was nappy. Um, That's going to be a part of that series too. Yeah, so um, I knew I was different in that way. I knew I was different because like other people looked alike. I didn't look like nobody else. Um, 
besides my skin color, like I didn't, you know, some people when they um are raised around somebody or somebody, they start looking like, like them. Yeah. I didn't start looking like, no, what, you know, I'm like, I look, I favored my cousin Lisa, but, um, but that was the only person, but I didn't live in a house with her. I think that was just a matter of us being black people. You know what I mean? But for the most part, like I didn't look like nobody else. I didn't think like my family. I still don't. Um, and they were the only family I knew. Um, so I knew from a girl that I was, that I was different. Wow. Love it. And once again, thank you for sharing. Thank you for being transparent with us. And oh, how you feeling? Oh, and another, oh, I feel good. Okay. Another time, I just hope I ain't talking too much. Um, no, you're not. Okay. And another time I knew I friend, you know how women be like, um, I ain't like these other chicks. I'm, when they really be like them. <laughs> no, I don't know about anything about that at all. <laughs> you know it. <laughs> but, you know, women to say that, but I know that I'm not like other people. I know that I'm not. I've, I've had it said to me so many times. And then when I look at, especially with my demographic and coming from where I'm from, um, just the pure presence of, you know, my father made me different. It made me look at things differently. It made me accept and not accept certain things. It made my standards different. So, um, and like I say, my dad was Jamaican. So Jamaican men think they supposed to be catered to or whatever. So it's a certain way of, especially me being from Philly and I was raised, I grew from the South or whatever. My grandma was from the South. She was the only one. But, um, so it's certain things that I do because of the way my dad, kind of he ain't really tell me i had to but he kind of like would talk say it sometimes or whatever but um yeah i knew i was different in that way and people who even know me they be like you don't seem like you don't really seem like you from philly like i'm like yeah i am i went lying and say i went lying and say i was <laughs> like, you know I don't know who said but, that like yeah no a lot of people and people from philly they be like you don't seem like you from north philly yeah i am I gotta link okay. you with my homegirl. She's another podcaster. Um, <clears throat> um, Shan from She Gets It Pied. She's mm-hmm. also coming from Jamaican descent and she's from Philly. Mm-hmm. And I find that so interesting. I just put that link together and like oh, really? the similarities <laughs> are so wild on that. And and y'all and y'all too are well, I was like when you say, you know, I really would say you don't act like a lot of women that I know, not all women, but like the majority. North. And she's the same way. She because she has a very different thought process on many things. Mm-hmm. You know, um, she wild though. You know, <laughs> like but it was again. You know, I'm getting know you a little bit. But hey, let's, 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 let's get back to wool. Let's get back to wool. So wool. How do how does your family celebrate or recognize death? And that question is really. I try to be a little bit more specific with this one. And when I say celebrate or recognize like funeral processions, how does it happen in your family, in your culture? Oh, it's um it's the you know the funeral, the um repast. Once again, and, I'm gonna be because I, I this is this is like you maybe the third or fourth person. Oh, a church that. or a funeral home funeral. Yeah, because um, think about people. somebody across the world listening to this. They never been Yeah, okay. So all right, so I'll start from the beginning. Yes. Somebody died. Um, my brother. My brother passed away. Um, you know, of course, people in the community will start coming to rally around people in my family. Um, 
then we'll have a, my brother had a funeral home funeral. Other people has had church funerals. Um, both my brothers had funeral home funerals. So we have the, the funeral home. They have the service. Everybody viewed a body. Um, <clears throat> one of my brothers was buried. And in Philly, you bury underground. I know some places they only bury above ground. Mm-hmm. Um, in Philly, it's underground. But some people do buy those big mop. Is it called a mausoleum? Yeah. Big things. Yeah. yeah. And they put their family in those. So, no, we didn't have that. We had, it's an underground burial. Um, and my other brother, he had an actual funeral with the viewing and everything. And so did my father, a viewing and all of that. And then he was cremated. Mm-hmm. And then after the funeral, the actual viewing and everything, everybody goes back to a house or a community center or something like that, which in my family, it was a, normally like the community center in my neighborhood that we would use and everybody eat, socialize and everything like that and then put their separate way. All right. Thank you. Thank you. And I, I, I'm going to add this to all our listeners. Um, I, when more and more I talk to people that, we we all have different ways of burial. Yeah. You know, even here in America and tr- different traditions. Yes. And like I we I had this argument before, which is better, um, um, baby shower meatballs or oh, yeah. or funeral chicken. I like, I'm going with the funeral chicken, man. It's just something different. Yeah. I don't know if that the tears make it taste better or what. <laughs> like, but it's just like that that the amount of love come in and that support. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, but thank you for sharing. Um, going to our next question. Let's see. Who do you trust? <clears throat> so I trust first and then I let people prove that they can't be trusted. So I guess I could say initially I trust everybody. Mm-hmm. Unless I was able to see something about you to make me not trust you. Okay. So if I met you, if I met you say, okay, my real life is I meet a guy on a dating site and we, we go out on a date. I trust him right from the gate. Right. I'm cautious a little cause that's just natural nature, but, um, I trust him right from the beginning. You know, if I start seeing him, say I start dating him, I trust him from the beginning. Um, I don't go in looking for negatives. Okay. Um, but as far as my work is concerned, right? I can, I'm prejudge according to the way I seen you move because I was probably able to observe you. So I may not trust that person, but everybody else, if I never got an opportunity to observe anything about you, I trust first. I trust everybody first. I love it. Love it. What are you responsible for? Right now, I'm going to say I'm responsible for myself, of course. But um, my son is on his way to high school. So I'm responsible for um, trying to help him focus in on um, on his vision and his, you know, my part in his life or whatever. So I'm responsible for that. I'm responsible for his, for what he see right now from a woman, you know, I'm responsible for his mental health right now, as far as whatever I can 
contribute to it. Um, but when it comes to people, I'm responsible for that person. <laughs> and I'm responsible for this person. And I'm responsible for my overall vision for my life and who I will be looked at in my death. And I made that a responsibility of myself probably about 10 years ago. And then, and so, um, I can't remember, oh my God, I'm ad-libbing like a mug right now. But it was something in reference to um, being immortal. Like, um, oh, you know, making sure your presence is impactful in some type of way. That's mm-hmm. the key to immortality. But I can't remember who said it, whatever. Don't even get me there. I'm not a philosopher, but. Right. You um, know, the future question was like, what is the quote that you live by? But we don't have to use that one. But I like that one, though. Okay, yeah. So it's always, um, you know, I think it was my answer that um, people sometimes won't remember what you said. They remember how you made them feel. Mm. And so I remember um, always making sure that I try to give some give people something that they can carry because in, in especially if, if, and if I'm able to keep putting any time into you, put something into you that you'll continue to always teach other people. And, um, so I'm responsible for that I'm responsible for being a good human so that I can make sure that, um, when I leave your space, it was uh, impactful in some way and that I didn't do anything intentionally because I, ca- I can't control how you feel, but I didn't intentionally anything to make you feel bad or something like that. You know what I mean? Absolutely. No, absolutely. know what you mean. I'll tell you that right now. Okay. In your biopic, who would you, <laughs> want, who would you want to play you? And you cannot oh. play yourself. Oh, Raven Simone. Right. Okay. Shout out to Raven Simone. Okay. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, if you ever listen to this, Raven, you know, you know, we we should have a conversation one day. Like, Raven Simone, and and I think she is Sagittarius. I'm not 100 no, percent sure. She is. Oh, she is. I think she is Sagittarius. And when I was coming up, like maybe older pictures of me, maybe when I was thinner, used to always say I like Raven. I had the biggest crush on Raven Simone. Until yeah, people time. used to say I favorite Raven Simone, and um, I think if it made sense, <laughs> if somebody was to play me, it would be Raven Simone because we favor and our personalities are somewhat. Up, and she has an unorthodox way of thinking, the same I do, in a way. So um, yeah, because she got some very controversial ways of 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 uh, thinking, and she say it out loud, and people hear it. I do too, but I don't say it to everybody. You know, she's just um, more, she's open to to be able to do that. But um, if I was to say anybody, it would be Raven Simone. Hey, um, what's that um, mean? Um, is it, that's your man? I'm going to stand by him. That's how I'm yeah. with Raven. I'm like, yeah. I'm going to stand by it. I'm going to sit beside him. <laughs> because saying, a lot of people, they don't get it. Like, I get where you're coming from, girl. I know I get where you're coming from. I get it, but it, it's too much for some people, but I kind of get some of the stuff where she be coming from. She may not explain it the best way. That's what I'm saying. See, okay? that's what I'm thinking. That's the thing. She may when not explain it something. the best way, but I get where she's come. I get it. I, I can I get, get it. it too, but I'm like, but you're wrong. 
<laughs> you know yeah. what I mean? Somebody can say something. I'm like, I see your perspective and what you yeah, you're exactly. trying to express, but you're yeah. wrong. You know what you're saying? You shouldn't, you know, you, like yeah. what people were saying with Kanye. Well, Kanye said it, but he wrong. That's the point. Yeah. When you say now, if it's a proven way to show that a person is wrong, you yes. know, factually, yes. But I get where they come, what they mean. Exactly. You know what no. I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. Hey. I get it. And, then, and she would embody me because like you know far as the way we look we like basically we even shape the same you know what i'm saying like it would be worthy simone let me tell you i'll watch your biopic you got me. i'll watch oh <laughs> and you want to know something funny so i remember my niece used to always say i look like raven simone so when i had my son um she looked at my son and she was like oh this would it look like when raven simone and plies have a baby right this would it would look like plies because so, oh. she used to say my son father looked like plies i said that makes so, sense <laughs> and he sounds just like him because they from like 30 minutes apart Lord. so they sound just alike so <laughs> she said, so her homegirl was like Raven Simone had a baby with plus. Oh my god! She was like, "No, I'm talking about my aunt." Like, <laughs> y'all a trip. Y'all a trip. That's probably that's how rumors get started right there. Right, <laughs> right there. Okay. If you were wealthy, if you was rich, money was not an issue in your life. That was not a problem. Uh But you had to have a job. You still had to do something. Mm-hmm. But you get to pick what you do. Mm-hmm. What would you want to do? <laughs> Um, I would own a spa. Spa. I would own a luxury, luxury, uh, a chain of luxury spas, and I would position them in places where people are not allowed to luxuriate because it's it's kind of um, it's not much of it. So yeah. Um. When I was growing up, I didn't see women like this, this, this realm of like luxury that I'm seeing black women do now is I love it because I didn't, the, 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 the closest thing to like real self-care I ever seen women do was like go get their nails and feet done and their hair done. You know what I mean? But no, when I became an adult and I was able to start going to spas and stuff in my twenties and, you know, get massages and all of that and have that type of time, um, I feel like people need that. And so it would be to have a spa and I would put it in like um, in cities and, you know, I would have a chain of them and they would be very, very low priced. And, um, you know, and I would just have like events for women and stuff like that. And, um, and another thing I would do in reference to that same spa situation, mm-hmm. it, I would have one for men because I feel like it's a lack, a, a huge lack of mentorship and counseling in our community, and um, and self care for men like it don't even exist. Keep and talking. so I, because I feel like you know that's the backbone, that's the bottom line. Oh, sorry, bottom line backbone. You know, and so I feel like you know getting to them boys and you know the men. And not it's not going to be a spa, but it's just a place for them. Yeah. And that place will offer counseling, mentorship, and stuff like that. So it would be the the self care for the for, for women, you know. But it would still be um, spiritual and everything like that. And um, most definitely um, a space for men, and that would include the self care too, you know teaching them um 
how to take care of themselves, okay. you know, physically and mentally. Wow. Love it. What would, what would you name this? Um, for the, for the, for the females, I would say maybe something like the greatest escape or something like that. The greatest escape. Okay. Yeah. Um, and for the men, maybe something like, you know, what is it called? Uh, like the clubhouse or something like that. You know, something something similar we'll to make like, it work. We'll make you it know, work. the man cave or man train, oh. something like that. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Okay. We'll yeah. figure it out. I love it. Yeah. I love it it would be something in reference to that because like I call, you know, like my son's time with his dad, I always called it man training. You know what I'm saying? So it would probably be something in reference to that. I always called it man training. Whenever he was with his dad, I'm like, they're like, we're Chris man training. Men for sure. Okay, let me say. <laughs> Boy, you got it. <laughs> I mean, I, I, I'm good at a few things, you know. I'm really good. But I love that. Um, yeah, but it would be something in reference to that because I feel like that was always a missing, a missing thing. And I'm just like, you know, when people used to be like, okay. Even when I see it now, I just don't like it's not even funny to me anymore. Like the mean black mom, it was like mean black mom was just so undercared for, you know what I'm saying? So, so what you're saying, I love what's the guy, I love it, and I'm big on making things happen, especially where these are located to. Location yeah. is so important, you know. The location is 100% important, so it will be, uh, it will most definitely be in underserved areas. I used to say I wanted to open up a salon and have the salon to be open at certain hours when, when women got off of work. So it'd be, mm-hmm. so it'd be like from yeah. 3 PM to 11 PM, mm-hmm. you know, those are the hours. Yep. So, you know, it's, it, I, don't, like, I don't know why that oh. haven't happened yet, but go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. I got another one. Yes. Um, after hours child care. After hours child care. Ooh, mm-hmm. now. Lord, don't get me started on that. That's gonna be yeah. different. Let me tell you that. That's well, a twenty-four hour childcare service. No, twenty-four hour couch childcare services for sure. People ain't coming back to get their kids, but um, <laughs> yeah, but, <laughs> but you know, you hire people for different times. I know, I know, I know. Um, but we're gonna jump back to one of our previous questions. What's a movie that you would recommend, and what's a television series that you would recommend? I like all kinds of stupid stuff, like. Oh, so, what, what's the one that you say? Hey, I, to, I love Game of Thrones. I love Game of Thrones. Oh, and it was another show um, that I remember watching. It was called um, The Rain. The Rain. Um, and I watched yeah, that on Netflix, Netflix. And it was like a foreign movie. It was a foreign television. It was, it was about like uh, a medieval time, but it was like that time frame. Oh, The Rain. You know, like R- the Rain. IGN. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, I like those um, because it, I mean it was a lot of stuff that even could apply today that was in those movies like if you really break break those down you know but um, yeah it would be that and um, I could talk about some Game of Thrones man yeah I love Game of Thrones it took me like all the way to halfway through the middle of season 2 and I realized y'all really killed the daddy huh y'all really did that Y'all, y'all, that that was a cold. That mm-hmm. was something hard to swallow because he was a yeah. real one. And like, yeah. it was hard when you but, find a character that you really like. And I'm like, okay, man. so 
we're not going to do this because we will go down a rabbit hole and this thing will never end. You're right. Okay? You're right. So we're going to stop there right there. We're gonna I stop am there right fighting there. the urge to not say something about Game of Thrones right now. <laughs> right, we're going we're to we're we're cut it. We're going to cut it. We'll come back to it in the future. Um, another, another discussion. But this is the makings of Wolf. So Wolf, give us a movie that you would recommend for people to watch. I don't know. I don't know. Okay, okay. I have no idea. So, it's okay. Let's see. Let's see. When was the last time you cried? Oh, I cried the other day when I watched This Is Us. <laughs> Watch This Is Us. Oh my gosh. That's <laughs> One thing I'm gonna do is cry when I watch This Is Us, okay? One of my homegirls recommend me to watch, beg me to watch This Is Us. And when I tell you. Randall Pearson is the greatest person on the planet. Like, him and that daddy. I I didn't finish the first season. Let let me tell you why I stopped watching. I stopped watching on the Christmas episode when the, the sister's boyfriend had to go to the hospital for a heart attack or something and they ended it and i didn't i said i said because i don't know if he lived or died i said if he died i'm not watching it like i don't want to know <laughs> i'm just gonna pretend like he lived and just keep going i haven't watched the episode since i'm like no i'm not gonna put myself through that every episode i'm crying <laughs> every episode i'm crying i don't have to yes everyone jack pearson is one of the best people on the planet <sighs> yeah. how is him and randall so so great like TV show. This is okay. There you go. That's crazy. Game <laughs> of Thrones and this is us. Oh, that's crazy. Okay. Okay. Yes. Okay. If, okay. You had an option. Would you rather go back in time and talk to your younger self, or would you rather your future self come into now and talk to you now? Hmm. future because if i go back to my younger self it might be certain things that i might not do to put me where i am but at the same time i probably would tell her to start investing in google google tesla and, yeah i'm gonna go back to younger younger me <laughs> I said, I said, I like, no 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 not my younger will, self well younger you even listen to you though that's the other thing yes okay. yes that's how I became, like, I was always, like, told I was, like, really mature because I listened to people. That's why my healing didn't take, wasn't, wasn't um, hard and I was able to get over some because I listened. So, yeah, I would listen. Okay, so I know. I know this is the making of the wolf, y'all, but a little advice from Drake. I'm going to be 713. When you're able to be young and listen, oh, my gosh, it's such a, such a benefit in life. I'll tell you yeah. that. Such a benefit. Yeah, but I would have listened. I would have listened. I would have really followed my mentorship. I mean, I still follow and do things. I had older girlfriends when I was younger. Okay. My friends were like easily like 10 years older than me sometimes. Mm-hmm. And I still go by the they taught me. Love it. Love it. Okay. Okay. On to our next question. How do you relax? I just, I do nothing. Okay. Gotcha, gotcha. The spy or just laying in my bed. But yeah, I do nothing. Okay, okay. What is a quote that you live by? I know we touched on it a little bit earlier, 
but you have do you want can you repeat it for us um, I guess maybe I don't live by it because I don't know it verbatim but it was <laughs> but it's just basically um it, I'm trying to remember. I'm trying to remember it word for word. But I know for sure one of them is um, people will often forget what you say, but remember how you made them feel. And um, like I say, maybe it's not a quote I live by because I don't remember it verbatim, but I just. A quote that you stand by. Yeah, I, okay, I'll stand by that. Um, is that. Um, Oh, when you lose, don't lose the lesson. Mm, I like that. Um, and um, gosh, I can't, I can't remember it. But it basically is the key to immortality is you know um, educating people making them better in some way you know what i mean so as long as i can do something to help advance your life in some way shape or form to make you better um i'll live on forever you know what i mean so okay so hopefully you'll take that and pass it on to somebody else okay okay phone call you got one more call to make i got one more oh. That your father, your sister, who else would you like to have a conversation with? Mm. I'm not meant to think about it. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> it's like, hey, like I said, I come back to it. That's how I was coming back to it. So, all right, my favorite question. This is your last meal. What would it be and who would prepare it for you? Oh, my last meal? I want... I want some turkey. Turkey? Real? <laughs> okay. I want some turkey. I want some fried chicken. Okay. I'm making it because I make really good fried chicken. Um... I want some potato salad, and I want Vivian to make it because she makes some good ass potato salad. Okay, Vivian, hold on. Is, is it with mustard, mayo, Miracle Whip? Is it like it's sweet? mustard and mayo? Okay, okay, okay. Mustard and mayo. Um, I want me a platter from the shed in Mississippi. The shed in Mississippi. Mm -hmm. Okay. I want some baked macaroni and cheese, and um, some yams and some collard greens. You making it? You making it? Who gonna make my oh um let me see besides mine I'm trying to think of some real good my grandma's making cheese is always bomb um and I can stand on that because you know how sometimes when you're younger you think people food good till you get it somewhere else but no my her stood the test of time um. <laughs> I know my family can cook. No, I yeah, exactly. Um, Thankful I'm married into one that can cook too. Yeah, right. Um, yeah, so my greens, my Aunt Mickey would make my greens. She made good ass greens. Um, 
Okay. Um, my sushi oh, would be the spot in in um, Hampton, Virginia. I used to go and get um, sushi from, so they would make my sushi. Okay, spot in Hampton. All right, all right. We got three more questions for you. All right. What's your favorite holiday? My birthday. <laughs> what I'm talking about. Um. <clears throat> my favorite holiday. Did I ask you? Did I miss a Thanksgiving? Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. Trust me about the food that you were putting together. I like. Yeah, Thanksgiving or Christmas. Okay. Did I ask you your sign? No, but we said it. Um, I'm a Sagittarius. Yeah, that's all my that's, yeah. that's a long question, but we did. We talked about. It. We sure did. Okay. Okay. How would you want people to remember you? I would want people to remember me for being caring, for being real, because I am very real, Um, for, you know, being living, for making, I would want them to remember that I I try my best, (laughs) you know. The one thing I want my son to remember for sure is that we tried our best and always did what we felt was in his best interest. yeah, so that's what I would want people to know that you know I was that I was real with them that I that's by um yeah that's about it. All right, and I last well maybe serious a question, but what changes do you want to see, and what changes are you bringing to your culture? Oh, um, one of the changes I want to see. And ours is like the way people parent. Mm. Um, it's a lot of stuff we gotta let go. Um, so what I bring to it is, you know, I share my the things that I learned and stuff like that. Um, and when I say the way they parent, it is the way they they deal with their children and the way they deal with their co-parents, whether it's your husband, your you know, baby daddy, baby mama, whatever, however you want to put it. Um, because I think that makes a huge difference. Because it um, instilling certain things in people, especially the good stuff, it makes a difference in our overall community. You know what I mean? So it starts a- so one of the things that, that I would like to see that I'm most definitely doing is change the way I parented. And I made made a very conscious to make sure with certain things that my son saw in the way we parent him um, so that he can, you know, have an idea of how it might look just in case he might end up in the situation. You know, I pray he don't, but... um, I almost definitely say the way we uh, the way we interact, especially when it comes to being parents to our kids. Wow. It would make a huge difference in our community. A huge difference. In this discussion, we will have in the future. So you done line mm-hmm. yourself up with numerous different episodes. You gotta come back on and chop it up with us. <laughs> Bring me on. Bring me on. You know I'm you know I wanna be there. You know, we're gonna have a panel of folks, so we're gonna have fun and we're gonna have some growth and we're gonna make some progress. So Wolf, 
you have made it through the makings of Wolf. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. We greatly appreciate you. Oh, it's like an hour and a half. Ooh, wow. Is it too long? Nah, not no uh, more. <laughs> like, trust me, the record's been set recently. So, oh, um, okay. so for everyone that may be looking for Wolf, and if Wolf is trying to be found, where can the people find you on social media? Um, Wolf.Johnson on TikTok. And my um, Instagram, shoot, what is my Instagram? Is <laughs> <laughs> my name. My Instagram is um, ny.eshaesha underscore. All right. There y'all have it. Call me. Hit her up. And y'all don't be no weirdos either. Y'all be cool. Y'all send us some love, you know. (laughs) She would be a future guest again on the show. So we want to say thank y'all for listening. Thank y'all for tuning in to the Makings of Wolf with Everything Culture. You know, y'all can find us on anywhere you listen to a podcast on a major platform, as well as you can find us at www.everythingculture.com. Um, but if you want to see us, go to YouTube. You can see the faces. You can find us on all the social medias, Instagram, Twitter, um, TikTok. We're out there. We appreciate the support. Come and interact with us. And yeah, we look forward to hearing from y'all soon. We want to say thank y'all so much. We appreciate you and God bless. Peace. Thank you. Thank you. Good people. It's your host, Drake, the Mr. D713 with Everything Culture. Just letting you know, thank you. Thank you for listening to another episode of The Makers of You. We greatly appreciate your support. We look forward to more support in season four. Make sure you check out www.everythingculture.com for our new merchandise, as well as check out all of our social media sites from Tumblr, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok, and IG. We're all over. We greatly appreciate your support, and we look forward to seeing y'all in the next episode. Peace.